The Pelicans have dealt with a number of injuries to Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum. So how are they currently second in the West? Well, the answer might be they're the deepest team in the league. Let's break down why and what that means for their postseason chances in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. I let y'all vote on what show you wanted to hear today. It was the show on the depth of the New Orleans Pelicans. Are they the deepest team in the NBA? We'll break it down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. We'll look at what makes them deep. We're going to compare them to other deep teams in the league. And then in the third segment, what's that mean going forward for this squad? Tomorrow, by the way, game day for the Pelicans, is Zion Williamson an MVP candidate? We'll break down his chances to win the ultimate award at the end of the year. That's coming up in tomorrow's show. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com promo code Locked On. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. No one else coming to you all to y'all like this. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment and comment down below on YouTube. So let's look at this team. Deep team. The depth has been shining through for them recently. Zion and Brandon Ingram have only played 12 games, 11 games together, 12 games together. They've played many more games than that. They've won nine of their last 11 despite having their whole starting lineup for only two of those games. They're on a four-game winning streak right now without Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones, down two starters, not just one. The depth for New Orleans is shining through, and it's a big reason why they're getting a lot of these wins. It was punctuated by Jose Alvarado's 38-point game. You're going to see his jersey behind me real soon. 38-point game on Sunday in their win over the Denver Nuggets. You saw Trey Murphy going for over 20 points in a number of games. When you look at this depth, It just works. A lot of these guys could start on other teams. Trey Murphy would start on most teams around the league. Larry Nance Jr. could start on a number of teams here too. And it's just working well around their stars. There's kind of an asterisk that we'll put on this here in a second. But you have shooting in Trey Murphy and Devontae Graham. You have defense with Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, both kind of menaces who really helped turn that Denver Nuggets game around when Jokic was on the bench. You have solid big man play in Larry Nance Jr. as a small ball five, and then Billy Hernan Gomez. You have Dyson Daniels that's also on that defensive side of everything. You take a starter out, or or two, and you have guys that are ready to fill their role. And they're all talented enough, and probably above like replacement level or average at their position, that as long as the engine of the vehicle is still there, namely Point Zion or Brandon Ingram. These guys can come in and they fill their role perfectly and this Pelicans offense doesn't miss a step. The defense, which is really good this year, doesn't miss a step. And I think that's important. 
to keep in mind with this. This is kind of the asterisk here. If you took out Zion, B.I., and C.J. in all in one game and that's happened, are they going to win? And the answer is not really. And that's not a knock on anyone here. You saw it against the Phoenix Suns on the road earlier in the year. They got kind of trounced without three of their best players, as any team would be. So it's not really that big of a deal. But when you have that main guy, the depth just works. You need defense, particularly because their starting five is so focused offensively. You can have defense. You need more shooting. You have shooting. You need big man play because you need to switch more with Larry Nance Jr. Or you just need a solid dude out there in Billy. You have that as well. It all just works works and it gives them so much more flexibility to fill a variety of roles more offense got it more defense got it want to play faster you can definitely do that need to slow things down and play in the half court more cool put in Dyson Daniels or Jose Alvarado and all of these guys you know I'm, I'm kind of sorting them into buckets and putting them in there but they fit across different ones Jose is defense and shooting as we've seen Trey is defense shooting and rebounding Larry Nance is big man play and defense all of these guys fill a variety of different roles and augment the starters or are sometimes better than starters, depending on the night. And it allows Willie Green to have those options to adjust as he sees fit. Not that they change their rotation up on a night to night basis, nor should they be. But sometimes you've got to feed the hot hand and that's the way to do it. How many of those guys that I just mentioned are capable of going and scoring 20 to 30 points in a game? Trey, we've seen that. Devontae Graham, we've seen that. Jose Alvarado can do that. Larry doesn't fill that role offensively, but he's certainly capable of doing it. You have Dyson Daniels that gets close to a triple-double if he wants to. It's a lot of depth, and the way they use it to blitz second units when this team is healthy works. The reason they got back in that Nuggets game was they won the minutes where Jokic wasn't out there on the court. You got to take advantage of that. You want your starters to build a lead, and then ideally your bench just stays even. But it's a huge advantage for a team if your bench helps build that lead up even more. And when the Pelicans are healthy and guys slot back into kind of their normal roles, Trey back to the bench, again, he would start on most teams, you have, you know, Jose to the bench or Dyson to the bench, it's just going to let them beat second units more often and consistently, which means they can keep their starters well-rested as the season goes on and you don't need the starters playing 40-plus minutes per game. It just allows so many good things to happen, and these guys are all talented. They fill a variety of roles. You don't know who's going to be the star. and how, Think about how that hard it makes that for opponents to game plan. You know Zion's going to do his thing, but who else do you need to key in on this one? Is it B.I.? Well, he's not playing, so who do you focus on? Are some of these guys even on the scouting report? Dyson Daniels probably isn't right now. And it just makes New Orleans such a threat. You've really seen it these past couple of games. They might not be scoring all the time, but the defense group in Najee, impactful. Devontae Graham and the shooting, even if the ball's not falling, you see teams respect his three-point shot and that has finally started to space the court for Zion Williamson. That's how this team is second in the West despite dealing with all of these injuries. If I had told you that they have only had two of two games where their starters all played in nine or in their last 11 games, we would be in years past being like, great, they lead the league in injuries. This is going to be an awful year. You know, the podcast numbers would be low. You wouldn't be interested. They would be losing. And instead, they've won nine out of their last 11. 
that speaks to the roster that they've built, that speaks to Willie Green getting these guys to buy in and having that next man up mentality and being ready to go. And it's what makes the Pelicans right now second in the Western Conference. But are they the deepest? Are they the deepest? We just laid out how they're deep, why they're deep. Are they the deepest? Let's compare them to some other deep teams or teams that we thought were deep and why this Pelicans roster is actually deeper than those. We've got comparisons coming up here in uh, coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points, Zion to have more than 8.5 assists. When he returns, Brandon Ingram to score more than 25.5 or go over 7.5 boards. You can do all of that because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and I absolutely love it. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And you're not competing against other people, which is the best part about this. It's just you versus the projections. You see a number, you pick more than that or less than that, above it or below it. It's really that simple. And prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch, NBA, NFL, whatever it is you might watch, World Cup, they can get it for you there. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. You deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, they will give you $50. Don't forget, use promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. No one else coming to you like this. No one else completely free like this either. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment and comment down below on YouTube. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans' depth and why they are arguably the deepest team in the NBA. And I actually am starting to think that they are. And initially, we, I did a show earlier on in this, and I was like, I'm not there yet. And then you start to see it and see how the depth works and the pieces clicking. And I think that's an important part that makes them so deep. There might be teams that have more top-end talent, but does it work well together? And that's an open question. But here you really see it all coming together, a puzzle falling into place. Let's look at some other deep teams here, or teams that we thought were going to be deep going into the season. Let's start with a team like the Los Angeles Clippers. They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as their main guys. John Wall is there, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Zubach, Batum, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris Sr. They have quality other rotation guys in Luke Kennard. It seems like it's a deep team. Yet you look at their record, and it's not nearly as good as the Pelicans. They haven't impressed nearly as much as New Orleans has. Pelicans 15-8, and eight, the Clippers are 13-11. and 11. There's a little something off right there, it feels like. There's three more losses and two less wins. Because John Wall is not there consistently. He's playing basically every other game for him, not playing back-to-backs. There's been games when he's quiet. You know, when you look at that team... And these other ones that we're going to mention here too, 
yeah, they're talented players, but they're kind of either past their peak or starting to decline already. Covington isn't what he used to be. John Wall, who I love, isn't what he used to be. And it's a bit of a problem because their starters, their two main guys in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, miss a lot of time together. And as I said, this works also because New Orleans always has an engine out there on the court. Look at a team like the Golden State Warriors. This is one that we thought was going to be comparable. You have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, all quality starters for him. Jordan Poole off the bench, six man of the year type of candidate. Kevon Looney, he's there too. And then you have the young guys that are supposed to be up and coming. Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody. Except those three guys that are supposed to be big key pieces for them are all young. First four years in the league. And they're regressing in some sense. They're not improving as players. James Wiseman had to be sent down to the G League to just try and come back and play. Moody and Kaminga, not nearly living up to the hype in their draft slot. They're not improving as players. And when you look at the Pelicans' depth here, it's still young guys, too, that haven't even reached their ceiling or their peak, like the Clippers guys who are there are past it. And they're improving and starting to get to that unlike the Golden State Warriors. Trey Murphy, we're seeing him evolve as the season goes on. Jose Alvarado, second year in the league too, seeing him grow as a player, as a playmaker, as a shooter. Dyson Daniels is a rookie, and he's playing NBA-ready defense right now. And he keeps improving and is going to be a fixture in the rotation. So while you have all this depth that's playing well for you now, it looks like it can keep getting better in the future. I can't say that for the Golden State Warriors right now. So their depth, nice in theory, but it's not actually working out for them. Same somewhat situation for the Clippers and the Philadelphia 76ers. You're carried by Joel Embiid and James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and it looks like a future star. Tobias Harris is a solid player, but P.J. Tucker looks a little bit older. DeAnthony Melton hasn't played like what we thought he would. And Matisse Thibel has frankly been a disappointment along with Montrez Harrell and Firkin Korkmaz. Some of those guys just aren't great right now. They're having bad seasons because they've kind of plateaued or reached their peak. There's no more growth for some of those guys. Or they're older and they're just declining. And you don't have that same kind of problem with the Pelicans and the depth that we have here. It's still improving. They haven't reached their ceiling yet. New Orleans, as I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I don't think is playing their best basketball yet, and they're already this good. The fact that I'm saying they're not playing their best basketball is only a good thing because there's so much more room to grow. They have not hit their ceiling. They have not hit their peak. Clippers feel like they might have. They'll put it together and get better because it's more Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being healthy, not because of the depth. You know, same for the Philadelphia 76ers. Harden returns. They look a little bit better. They're carried by those guys, but they're not getting wins because of the depth that they have like New Orleans is. And that lets New Orleans weather storms a little bit more. Philadelphia is 12 and 11. The Golden State Warriors can't win a road game. They're 13 and 11. Same record as the Clippers. Pelicans are 15 and 8 and have the third, fourth best record in the NBA right now. And they're, when I'm recording this, the Suns are getting drubbed by the Mavs, and the Pelicans are only going to be a half game behind them for first in the Western Conference. You kind of look at teams growing, building. That's what New Orleans is doing with this depth. This is the type of depth that if 
things get expensive and someone walks or you have to make a trade to cut salary, you got their replacement lined up. Warriors don't have that. If they got rid of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, think any or you know, or, or Draymond Green, think any of those other young guys they have there are ready to replace those? Uh-uh. But they have that here in New Orleans. So when you compare them to some of these other deep teams, supposedly deep teams, well, I feel pretty good about it. The Bucs are right there with Middleton coming back. I think Boston certainly has a lot of depth. But again, those guys are just peaking as their player as they are right now. And they do a good job and it works. And that's okay. But New Orleans, with what they're building and growing here, I still think might be the deepest team with the way those guys fill their roles and work well with the starters. You don't have any sort of awkwardness out there on the court. The team chemistry is great. Deepest team in the NBA. So what's that mean for this season? And then I want to look at what it means for the postseason because honestly, it might not mean what you think. And while I'm not saying that this is going to hurt them, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be the advantage in the postseason that you think it might. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelican squad. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. Do you think they are the deepest team in the NBA? Is it maybe the Boston Celtics? Is there another one that I'm just forgetting as I record this right now? And now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. The Saints have two turnovers. I have this game on in the background as I'm recording right now. I didn't know that they were allowed to do that. They're up 13 to three in the fourth quarter. I need to make sense of what's going on. Should I start to get excited? Is there hope? Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints is going to be breaking it all down. Everything black and gold Monday through Friday. You don't have to pay for his stuff, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Dude's really one of the best in the business. So we've established that the Pelicans are one of the deepest teams in the NBA, if not the deepest team in the NBA. Again, highlighted with Jose Alvarado scoring 38 points. You're going to see the jersey back there the other night in the win over, at the time, the second best team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. Trey Murphy, awesome. Larry Nance Jr., great guy, good locker room presence, good on the court too. You just have a ton of depth here. And it fits well, it can be deployed well, and it works around the stars, which is just as important. And a lot of it is still growing, like Dyson Daniels and some of these other guys. So what's that mean? Well, it means we can breathe a little bit easier when it comes to injuries. We've seen this. They've only had their starters for two of their last 11 games, and they've won nine out of those 11. That's a really impressive statistic. That's a really impressive statistic. Injuries have derailed promising New Orleans Pelican seasons in the past. It's not derailing this one. In fact, they're still flourishing. That's incredible. That's never what happens here. And that's really due to the depth that they've created on this roster. The development they've done on this roster with the coaches really playing a big part in all of that. Deepest team in the NBA. It's going to win you a lot of games. It's going to mean you're going to have maybe home court advantage or a favorable seed in the playoffs. This is how you get to you know 50 wins more than that this year, is your depth is going to really carry you in a grueling NBA season where rest and injuries come up more so than ever. And now New Orleans doesn't need to rush anyone back. They can play it safe with their guys and still win games because you need your stars in the postseason. In the postseason, you don't play 11 guys. And New Orleans could really do that right now. You go eight, 
maybe nine, you tighten your rotation and it's your stars that need to take you home and win those games. So this depth, hopefully, is going to allow New Orleans to have rested star players, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum, and won't need them to do a little too much in the postseason because they're banged up, because they're tired, and they're just not capable of reaching that level. These guys should be rested and ready to go when it comes to the playoffs if things keep going the way that they're going right now. It's massive, massive. Having a rest advantage over your opponent who maybe was just fighting to get into the postseason through the play-in tournament or through the final weeks of the regular season, that's how you sweep a team in the first round of the playoffs because you're well-rested, you're ready to go, and they're just road-weary and tired. So you need to have your guys set. Where it could hurt New Orleans is you all want them on the same page. We've seen that Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and CJ McCollum are not all on the same page right now. Who runs the offense? Is it Point Zion? Is it CJ at point guard? Is it Brandon Ingram? They're still figuring a lot of that out. They need to do that sooner rather than later so that they are firing on all cylinders when it comes to the postseason. Well, if you're holding guys out because you don't need to rush them back, it's good in one sense, but it's going to delay you kind of reaching your full potential and getting this team and the chemistry and the on-court stuff figured out in a way that you want it to do. So in a weird sense, it's a negative like that. And you won't be able to rely on some of this depth in the postseason. So if some guys are struggling or they're not playing well and they're one of your star players, you don't quite have that same replacement because you still got to play those dudes and you're not going to get down to some of the bottom end of the rotation guys that do well against second units but maybe don't do so well against other starters or kind of mid, mid-tier lineups and things like that because you're not going to see those from the opponents. So this being one of the strengths of the Pelicans right now, it does go away a little bit when we hit the postseason. But that's a problem for like then. We don't need to worry. We don't need to borrow a problem from the future right now. And in fact, this team is very good. These players are very good. And we should be thrilled about the depth they have leading them to second in the Western Conference right now with a chance to get first on Wednesday as they take on the Detroit Pistons. So tomorrow, Zion Williamson, MVP candidate. What goes into winning MVP besides just the on-court performance? There's more to it. We'll break that down coming up in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll see you all tomorrow for the Zion MVP episode.